The community, it means memories, friendship. It means working hard. It means the grind. It's just such a beautiful game and it's given me so much and I'm so very thankful for it and all the relationships and memories that it's given me and all the opportunities that it's opened up. Welcome to episode 164 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. Luxon Glore has been named an All-American multiple times. He's broken school and conference records at the University of Mary and has been named a Conference Athlete of the Year. And he did it all in track, despite originally wanting to do it all in baseball. The Haiti-born and Winnipeg-raised speedster was an accomplished multi-sport athlete before Les McTavish brought him into the Vauxhall Academy of Baseball, where he continued to shine during the 2014-2015 seasons. An eye injury made the game he loved a little more difficult as he headed to U-Mary, so he changed his focus after a year and ended up finding a new passion. Now, the 24-year-old is chasing an Olympic dream while also attending law school in New York. Glore has quite the story to tell, and he joined us recently to talk all about it. Luxon, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You've had quite the journey in both sports and in life, and I wanted to start on the life side first. You're originally from Haiti, but ended up in an orphanage, and you were eventually adopted and brought to Canada. Tell us a little bit more about that story. Uh, yeah, so I was, like you said, I was originally born in Haiti, and it was actually my aunt and uncle who first came to Haiti, and my parents had been trying to have, have children of their own for a while, and um, then when my aunt and uncle saw me there in Haiti, they kind of hit my parents up, and I'm like, there's this adorable kid here, you absolutely have to come and come and get him, and of course, as soon as parents saw a picture of me, it was, that was that. So then they came and they saw my younger brother, who um, not by birth brother, but adopted brother in the orphanage there too, and said that he was cute enough to take with us as well. And they ended up bringing us back, both back home to Winnipeg. And that was kind of that story there. But no, it was definitely a very, very beautiful story. A lot of, a lot of people along the way who helped me get out of that. A lot of people I'm very thankful for. Talk a little bit about that because the the old saying goes, it takes a community to raise a child. And here you are with not only yourself, but also a, a younger adopted brother who gets to go along and, and move to a new country. And, and as I've seen in one of your bios, you call it the best country in the world. I mean, you're, you're obviously very thankful for, for the opportunities that have come your way. Oh, no, I'm, I'm definitely very blessed. And like you said, it takes community. And um, no, actually, there's it's funny because one... Um, there's this missionary family who I, who I used to live with for a while too, and they actually wrote a book about it. And even just reading that book kind of shot, brought a little bit more light about it, kind of my own backstory about it. So it was like nice to read that. But even just reading that, all the different people they have, even from even just from them getting there, from my on uncle to getting there, from people taking care of me in the villages, on the boats, in the orphanage, all the way from birth to making it out to Winnipeg. It's a, absolutely amazing, all the, all the people who have been there along the way for me. Tell us a little bit about your childhood and growing up in Winnipeg. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I had I had a great time growing up in Winnipeg as much as you can in the freezing tundra of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I uh, grew up with my younger brother, and uh, kind of like any other sibling, we we had our rivalries growing up. But we've definitely become close over over the last couple of years. But we from day one kind of really got into baseball. We had. A whole thing in our front yard we had this big uh sheets of 
uh, kind of plywood in the back to protect the window that our dad put up because he decided he didn't want us breaking the glass. <laughs> and we had just kind of swinged the front yard, just playing baseball all day. And we, we used to be referred to as a house as, oh, you're the ones where the kids are playing baseball at the time. So we used to have friends over, have tournaments and everything. But no, just from from growing up there, moved around a couple of times. and But throughout it all, it's kind of always had a great time, have some great friends, great community. And obviously sports seem to be pretty central in your life as well. Was that something that your parents uh, kind of got you into as you're growing up or was it something that you just naturally gravitated towards? So it was kind of a little bit of both. So my, especially on my dad's side, we have a lot of just kind of athletes and very sport oriented people. Um, some of my coaches or my uncles on my dad's side are coaches at, at Lennon Christian High School in, in Winnipeg. So even from the very beginning, just sitting at family dinners, as always, we'd be talking about basketball. We'd be talking about how the high school volleyball team was doing, how the high school basketball teams were doing. So from day one, it was just kind of sports, sports, sports. And then my cousin, he was really into sports. And so I always, you know, wanted to mimic my older cousin because I thought everything that he was doing was just the coolest. So initially it was just kind of basketball. And of course my parents were always anything that gets us out of the house and lets us run around in someone else's area then rather than the house they're all game for. So it kind of started off with basketball and we do basketball camps and play on, you know, basketball teams. And then uh, I transitioned to baseball when I moved to, to Fort Richmond area, who just there's a pamphlet kind of came in. Uh, I saw it one day and I was like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go off for baseball. And then from that day on, it was baseball. But no, sports has always been has been a huge part of our life and been a huge, huge passion. What was it about baseball that caught your eye? You know, I really don't know. Maybe it was, it was the bright uniforms that they had or something. But <laughs> it was something. About, so I was like, you know what? That kid on that paper looks like he's having fun. And that looks like something I want to do. Very cool. Do you remember that moment where he said, maybe I could do more than just play, you know, the rec league baseball. Maybe I can go and and chase a baseball dream per se. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like every kid has, has that dream young, like every sport that they do. They're always like, you know what? I could be the greatest of that. But I think one of the big moments where I was like, you know what? I could probably be pretty good. I was still pretty young. I was playing, I think it was my second year like mosquito baseball and I had decided I didn't want to play baseball that year I think I played baseball for one year already and I've been begging my parents to play football and my friends were like you know what we got you we have this football league I think it was a like a flag football league or something and they're like we got you we signed you up you're good for it I was like perfect so I was coming home to tell my parents that I'd signed up for this football league and I wasn't gonna play baseball this year and then I get home and parents are like, you can't play football. You're right. Signed up for baseball. And I was like, what? I didn't sign up for baseball. <laughs> Did you guys do this? And like, no, uh, your coach from last year decided that he wanted you back on the team. So he went and signed you up for you, signed you <laughs> up for you. And so you're playing baseball. And I was like, what? You're like, you're committed to this. I was like, I didn't even make this commitment. But so then I ended up being like, you know what, guys, I'm signed up for baseball already. I can't play football. And after that, it's just been, you know what, if someone else thought I was good enough that they wanted me back on their team, then I'm going to try and be the greatest at this that I can be. And you obviously had a little bit of success at that as well. I mean, you represented the province uh, a couple of times. Like You accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. Hmm. Yeah, no, we had some we had some good years, had some really good teams I played on, some 
unforgettable Winnipeg South Chiefs teams, definitely some great Team Manitoba moments. And then, yeah, obviously making it to being recognized to someone that Vauxhall and a couple other academies will want on their team is definitely was able to get a little bit of recognition and been thankful for that for sure. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Vauxhall and how did that opportunity all come to be, especially the thought of having to to move a couple of provinces away from home? Mm -hmm. So the one who really opened the door to Vauxhall for me, I'd say would be Ben Onishko. He was a good friend and a good teammate of mine for a couple of years. And so we had this one tournament out um, in Regina. We're playing Okotoks and he was absolutely dicing, just filthy curveball that day. I was, I think I was playing center field and that was the most bored I've ever been in a baseball game, probably in center field, but the boys were absolutely loving it. Just watching him go through one of these teams. And it's kind of one of those ones where, you know, you see it on the schedule and everyone's like, this is Oaks Tokes team. They're this academy. They're really good. So from day one, we just want to go out and beat them. But that brought the tension of less. And then from there, I guess he got to see me a couple of times play after that. And so then Ben first committed to Vauxhall. And again, he was a year older than me. So he was kind of, a guy I felt was a little bit of kind of a mentor, a little bit. I like to kind of follow around. And so, of course, what he was doing, big things. So I wanted to kind of mimic him, what he was doing as well. And so that's what got me interested in Vauxhall. And so then when I finally got the kind of a call from Les, or I, I think I saw him after a game, sat down with me and my parents. was like, hey, we've been watching you play for a while. Um, and we've heard good things. We've heard good things from your coaches, from teammates, and we think it'd be something that we'd like to be in a part of our program. And so I asked if I'd be interested. And so I said, absolutely. Um, I went down there for a visit and got to do like a little workout with Les and some of the other coaches, got to tour the facilities, hang out with some of the guys who were there already. And from there, I was just like, you know, this is a place that I can see myself going to. And I thought that'd be a great place for me to kind of become a better, better baseball player. What did that program mean to you as you look back on it, not just as a baseball player, but also as a human being? Yeah, so I think that was one of the things that really led me to Vauxhall because uh, there was a couple other academies I was looking at, but the stories I heard from some of the other guys of the ones who went to Vauxhall, was kind of like just the one team and it's just such a, a community, such a family. And I know even just leaving there, there's so many people there who I'm still like close with to this day. And I just think it was an unbelievable experience just Again, like obviously as a baseball player, it's, it's great being part of this wonderful team to get to tour the country and go down to the States and play in these great tournaments. But also just kind of the relationships that you build there, not just even with the, your players, but with just people in the community, with whether it's your classmates, teachers, like I know even on Instagram, I'll still post something and other just other people from the community will comment on them, like, hey, good job, Lixner. we love to see that you're doing well. So it's just uh, just those things, those memories, and and those relationships that last forever, for sure. You mentioned Ben, but there's been a few others that rolled through that same program and went on to NCAA or went on NAIA, that kind of thing. Talk about your reaction when you see these kids that you grew up with all of a sudden doing pretty well on the the national and international baseball stages. Oh, I absolutely love it. There's there's nothing better than NCAA. I go on my Twitter constantly just to see who's doing what kind of I was following like former roommates like Ty Scott winning kind of awards out there and doing whatever he's doing in Missouri so following things like that seeing other people getting drafted and just doing well it's like there's nothing that makes you a little more excited than getting on Twitter getting on social media and seeing you know what this Vauxhall prospects now rated number five and in, in the Mariners uh development program uh 
whoever has just hit three home runs for whatever school like it just gets me fired off so i'll have to do that call call some of the guys and just congratulate them on whatever they're doing so very cool looking back on that program as well you did face some adversity through that and it involved an eye injury walk us through the injury itself how it all happened and sort of the rehab coming out of it yeah so that was that was definitely a tough time um it came it was pretty close to the end of our season so and this was when i was getting ready to to go down to the States and I still didn't have anything signed. I had a few schools I was in, in conversations with, but nothing, nothing in ink. Um, and I can't even remember who were actually playing, but it was one of those games. It was and I kind of think it might've been a night game, but it was terrible weather. A uh, fly ball comes down, just lost it in the sky. Uh, all I remember is I hear a crack and our shortstops running out Ty Scott and all I hear is the crack and then him just go oh shoot he said it's a little more colorfully but um and then yeah then a little bit later I just remember um that's kind of over me telling tell me not to get up and he's kind of being like it's right just lay down here we got the ambulance coming on and so I got loaded in the ambulance and they took me to I think it was Tabor I think that was the nearest hospital at the time um and they were talking about airlifting me out to Calgary and deciding whether they're going to give me surgery or not. And uh, I remember the worst part of this whole time is that they weren't sure if they were going to do surgery, so they wouldn't give me any water. And so I was pissed off. And they're like, what do you need? Are you okay? And I was like, no, I told you seven <laughs> times I need water. And they're like, we got this cotton ball that we dabbed in water. And this, this is the best we can do. And I was like, no, like, make up your mind. <laughs> Either operate on me. <laughs> So I, I can't remember exactly how long it was, but eventually they drove me from, I think it was say all the way up to Calgary and I was able to get surgery. Um, and then I had some relatives who lived in Calgary area and Okotoks area. So I was able to kind of stay with them. My parents came up and, and hung out with me there for a while too. But I just remember then too, all the uh, tremendous support that I got from, from all the guys. Like I didn't even have my phone on me, but is when I got back, because we were playing, so I'd left it in the, in the, our dorm. So when I got back, plugged it in, I, all these texts were suddenly coming through, all the all the support. So all that was amazing. But um, I was on concussion protocol, so I had to be separated from, from everyone else in the dorms. And um, for when I did come out, I had to have an eye patch because my I was so super sensitive to light. So it was... It was kind of cool because as like as much as like I'm trying to mope about it, the guys won't let me kind of live it down. It's kind of like you come out and they're like, "Oh, come on now! I can't believe you missed a fly ball." <laughs> and then I got an eye patch on. They're still making kind of like pirate jokes, but uh, I know I, coming out of that, it was, it was hard for me because I'm not someone who likes to take time off. And I kind of, first of all, like hate a mistake causing an injury kind of thing. But I also then once felt like I had so much more that I had to go out and prove right away. So I know like two days afterward that came out um, and the boys are practicing. And first of all, I'm not even supposed to be out of my room because of concussion protocol, but yeah, there in less is throwing BP. So I come out, grab bats, tell him I'm gonna, gonna swing next. He's like, you sure? He's like, yeah, I got this. He's like, all right, <laughs> we'll let you get in there. And I think the first one that he threw, I probably missed the ball by, 20 feet maybe like wasn't even close and so I refused to get out of the cage so I at least made a little bit of contact so I think I was able to kind of kind of like foul one off off the very end of the back kind of thing but 
And after that, it was kind of very, very upsetting moment, kind of realizing, first of all, it's going to be very hard to get back into baseball. And then two, even if you're able to do it, it might not be the same. So it's kind of figuring out, coming to terms with that while also trying to figure out where I was going to go to to school, because that was kind of my the whole thing. And I felt like that was suddenly taken away from me. And um, so that was kind of the little bit of a bright spot. And then when I had track as a backup, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to go do baseball and worst comes to worst. I'm on the track team now here too as well, so I can be able to make that transition if I need to. Mm -hmm. What did you learn about yourself through that process, and especially with that uh, hindsight being 2020 piece, being able to kind of come to grips with things, but also being able to take the positives maybe out of it to to maybe fuel that fire uh, in your belly? I think the biggest thing that I learned about that was just my resilience and ability to kind of bounce back and kind of get up off off kind of an injury off when you know when you're feeling down so i mean there's a lot of people who could have said you know what this is it this is this is over like i can just do go back start my regular life but this is something i worked so hard for and i decided that this wasn't going to how how it was going to end and i wanted to make it work for as long as i could and so i decided i wanted to make it end on on my own terms and that was something that i felt like i was able to get out of that process and i felt like i wasn't able to give up on it just because of the injury and that the injury in the end wasn't the defining factor in in me not playing baseball anymore mm. and not only that but you also turned it into a massive positive it feels like because you you transitioned into the track game really really well you mentioned you marry and what you had some successes there obviously talk a little bit about that transition and and having i don't want to call it a chip on a shoulder but certainly have that extra motivation to make sure that you get to do things as you said on your terms yeah so it was it was, it was a pretty smooth transition i'd say um so that first year i registered for baseball and i was had most of my money coming from track because track and baseball said they're gonna split it but i think track was paying all if not most of my first year and so for the first part of it, like my weight coaches had no idea what was going on. So it was a terrible, terrible days or weeks. I'd go wake up, I'd have like our baseball lifts in the morning, go to classes, have track practice, and then track practice ended right before baseball practice started. And so then I'd go to baseball practice and then I'd make it back up times for my track lift. And then one of the days, our, our uh, one of our co or weight coaches at the time was like, wait a minute, I've seen you in here twice, like three times this week. Like, what's going on? I was like, oh, yeah, I'm looking for baseball on track. He's like, that's a terrible idea. We should have something <laughs> twice a week we can, or twice every day. Like, we can just optimize your, your lifting plan for both. But so it, it was very hectic at the beginning. But once I kind of found my groove, once I kind of got on the same schedule with both the coaches, it turned into, it would be long days, but it was at least fluid. So then I still have, I'll just do my one lift, which is mostly a track lift. And then I'll do track practice and then literally just run across the field and do baseball practice. But then the baseball coaches wouldn't make me do the conditioning, which was usually the first part of baseball practice. So I kind of be able to recover for a little bit, but no, the the track coaches they took me in pretty well. Um, there was a little bit of, of fighting back and forth a little bit initially when I wanted to do some baseball stuff, and track had had the money, so they're like, "No, we're you're redshirting for baseball, but you're not for us this year." So we get a little bit more control. Um, but yeah, no, the first year honestly, I was kind of more just going through the motions with the track. I was like, you know what, I ride this out for a year until I can show what I can do in the baseball field again. Um, and I'll, but I'll just kind of, you know, do what the coaches tell me, but I was 
once you get in again, like, you know, that kind of competitor spirit, the first time you step on the track and someone we're doing like our warm up jog, someone goes a little bit faster than you're like, mm, can't let that happen. So as much as I try like kind of coasting through it, as soon as we started getting to competing, that the competition part of it just started taking over. And I was like, now I'm out here. I want to want to be as good as I can be. And so then I started trying a little bit to, to kind of compete, especially when you have these trips, like we had like a California trip, if you did so well, and you want to go to national, you want to be an all American. And so as much as I wanted to do baseball, I was like, as long as I'm out here on the track, let's just work with it. And um, they know none of the coaches treated me like I had to be um, cared for because I was doing two sports. They treated me like any other track athlete. And if I got injuries, they called me a baby and told me I should uh, be doing better in the strength of being doing more stretching. If I did well, they congratulated me. If I was doing bad, they told me I was I was doing terrible. So it was it was a smooth transition and I enjoyed it. And but then after the year two is when when it changed and that's when it became all track after I quit baseball. And not only track, but you also seem to be pretty fond of the uh, of the academic piece as well. You've been a student and a good student, business admin. You also are in law now. You just seem to be someone who soaks up in those opportunities to learn and to grow. Yeah, no, I think I just see everything as a challenge and I just want to always strive to be the best and push myself to be the best. And so that means whatever challenges is out there, I want to, I want to conquer it. So, and so I think that just kind of carries over to whether it's again, whether it's on the track, whether it's on the baseball field or whether it's in the classroom, like everything that I see is just like another competition, another challenge, another tournament. And it's just another chance for me to try and show what I can do. And I just love being able to, again, better myself, but then also, like I said, try and try and be the best that I can be. You mentioned being able to keep tabs on your former teammates and and track mates and that kind of thing through social media and and obviously you're you're sharing as much as you can and that kind of thing. How important has it been for you to be able to stay grounded with those programs, whether it be Vauxhall or back in Manitoba or or over at you, Mary? You've you've really kind of taken a liking to being able to stay connected that way. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it comes stems back all the way from kind of even my own journeys. Is I always feel like you want to stay connected to where you've come from so i always feel and you, and you know if you can give back so i feel like it's always my responsibility to to kind of know what's going on and in the places that have come from and if i can comment on things and if i can give back in any way give back so i think that is just an important part of being a part of a program being a part of community is whether you're there still or if you're moved on to another stage in your life is still remembering that that was a huge part of your life and a huge part of who you are and just kind of recognizing that always be as much as you want to stay in the present and be looking forward. There's, there's things that made you and things that reasons that you're there. So I always want to give acknowledgement to that as well. What's been the most rewarding part of your journey thus far? Ooh, one of the probably most rewarding parts is honestly, um, there is a, a really good friend of mine in, in Winnipeg because she was on the track team. I actually went through a pretty similar eye injury recently too. And so I was able to kind of talk with her a little bit through that process. So it wasn't even something that's, you know, an achievement or, or even like necessarily a time, but just through the process of being able to help someone who was also going through a difficult time and kind of give back in that way. I thought that was, that was very rewarding. It's kind of something that, especially at the time felt like such a meaningless thing, being able to felt like it had a little bit of more meaning at that time though all the accomplishments, all the accolades, that kind of thing. What are you most proud of from what you've been able to accomplish to this point? Mm, 
I think one of the things that I've been most proud of accomplishing is probably some of the, just the moments that we achieved as a Mary's men's team. We had, I had a tremendous time with that program and with some, some teammates who have become dear friends. And we really kind of, I think we turned that program around when we were there. Um, the years before we, we didn't have great finishes, but I think by the time we left, we had finished second for a couple of consecutive years. So just being a part of that process and seeing people come together and care so much and work so hard to, to become great is something that just a moment that I will never forget. Fantastic. What's next for you? Uh, so many things could be next. We'll, we're about to see, but uh, I'm still doing track. Uh, had a couple last year wasn't the greatest year, but we were working on hopefully having a bounce back year. So we're still still working on the dream of hopefully someday becoming an Olympian. Um, but besides that, just keep training, keep hoping and see what, what comes next for your job and career wise, but not quite sure, but hopefully it'll be something, something great. Fantastic. A couple more questions for you here before we let you go. You've seen a lot in your life. You've accomplished a lot. You've also probably had those athletes who've come by to offer pieces of advice or wisdom while you've been on your journey, especially early on. Now that you have a little bit of experience under your belt, what advice would you pass along to that 13 or 14 or 15 year old kid who's just starting out on their own journey, whether it's in baseball, in track or any other sport? Um, if you're passionate about something, um, just do it all the way. Like you gotta always give it your hardest, give it the most. Like you never know when something's gonna be your last moment, be your last game. Forces could end it at any point in time. So if you love it, like give it your all, cause you never want to give leave something, look back and know that you could have done a little bit more, been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Final question for you here, and this is the one we ask everyone: What does the mm-hmm. game of baseball mean to you? Ah, man, it means so much. It means all the community. It means memories, friendship. It means working hard. It means the grind. It's it's just such a beautiful game, and it's given me so much, and I'm so very thankful for it and all the relationships and memories that it's it's given me and all the opportunities that it's opened up. Lux, we're really appreciative of your time. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success going forward. Thanks so much for sharing your journey with us, and thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for having me. Thanks again to Lux and Glore for joining us this week. And as always, thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. Big thanks as well to our Platinum supporters. First, the Okotoks Dogs. They're primed and ready to go with this summer's WCBL season, where they are set to host the league's all-star game. Check it all out at dogsbaseball.ca. And second, AHP Academy is serving the Edmonton area with the slogan, Devoted to Driven Athletes. Taylor Burns and his team have been busy with all kinds of announcements lately. You can visit them at ahpbaseball.com. We couldn't do what we do without all of you. So again, thank you for all of your support, no matter the platform of Alberta Dugout Stories.